about. He set you up today. You just a bu- you were in the midst of a bunch of people that were crazy, lost in sin, met a Savior that gave everything He had for us, that died on an old rugged cross in our place. Amen. You know what we came in contact with? The love of God. And we can't help but share it. I don't even know if this is going to come out the way God gave it to me yesterday, but I'm going to go with whatever he says. Amen. But I want you to know this today. You are loved. There is a purpose. There is a plan for your life. You're no accident. You're no mistake. No matter what you've done, his love will cover it. Amen. There's a call that's going to go out today. I feel that call so strong. And then I heard the word in the beginning, surrender. Amen. That's what it's going to take today, a surrendered heart. The call's going out today to the lost. I'm an evangelist by calling. That's who I am. We've spent the last 23 years in ministry, traveling everywhere God would open a door to do to share one simple message, the love of God. You know why we're so passionate about it? Because it changed us. Because I know him. Because I don't just talk about him. I know him intimately. He's everything to me. If you only knew where I was when he found me, you would know why I love him so much. People say, I got saved, I found Jesus. I said, no, you didn't. He wasn't lost, he found you. change me. How can I not share the love of God? Hallelujah. When they come out with a cure for cancer, say you're on the receiving end and they say, guess what? I found a cure for cancer. We want you to be the guinea pig. Will you try it? And you say, sure I will. I mean, you know, you've been given the diagnosis of cancer, right? So you try it and guess what? It works. You're healed. What you gonna do? What you gonna do right after that? You gonna find somebody else with cancer and you gonna say, let me tell you what worked for me. Let me tell you what worked for me. See, it's like this. I was lost in sin. I was hurting. I was lost. I was searching for love in all the wrong places. If y'all only knew Bev. I was searching for love in all the wrong places. And then I met a man named Jesus who said I was worth something. Who said that he loved me enough that he would die in my place. That he did. He died. He took every bit of my sin and my shame on himself. He did that for me. I was transformed by the love of God. Now what do you think I'm going to do with it? I'm going to tell everybody I can. I'm telling everybody I can about the message of the love of God. Let me tell you what it did for me. And then I want to tell you what it'll do for you. And I hope today that it'll come out that that you're going to hear and you're going to feel the call of God. You're going to feel the pull and the tug of God. I, I, I thank Apostle Kyle for the opportunity to share this. God started giving me this a few weeks back. Um, and he called me this week and he said, Hey, I want you to preach for me Sunday. He said, I ain't asking you to pray about it because God told me you got a word. I said, yes, sir, I do, and I'll share it. 
So I know it's a word today. Hallelujah. Straight from the Lord. If you will receive it today, it will change your life. Amen. How many know that this word transforms us? Amen. Oh, I feel the Lord. I feel him in this house today. He loves you today. He loves you. It don't matter where you've been, baby. It don't matter what you've done. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He knew me and he loved me anyway. Amen. Woo. The power of God's love. You can put it up there, Corey. Hallelujah. That's the title of the message this morning. The power of God's love in our scripture. Woo. Listen, I'm just excited to share a message that I'm this passionate about. Amen. And the scripture uh, will come from 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Hallelujah. Beloved, let us love one another. Yes, please stand for the reading of God's word. Let's reverence his holy word today. <sighs> Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Highlight that, star that. God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. God is love. Whoo! This whole book right here can be summed up in those three words. God is love. You ever read this book? This is a love story. Amen. And it's full of power, transforming power, but it's full of love. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated if you can. If you need to run, you need to stand, you need to move around. Hey, trust me, I get it. I understand. It won't bother me a bit. Amen. Woo, I feel him in the house. So there's a cry going out to the lost today, but I also have a word for this church. Here are a few ways that God will reveal the power of his love in your life. Number one, it will pursue you. Anybody ever felt the pursuit of God? It will chase you down. He will chase you down. He'll follow you to the prison, won't he, brother? Woo! He'll follow you to the crack house. He'll follow you to the bar room. He will chase you down. I'm so thankful he didn't give up on this girl right here. Where would I be had it not been for the love of God? Woo. He'll follow you around just tapping you on the shoulder. Some of you feel that tap today. You know you do. He's tapping you and he's saying, he's whispering in your ear. He said, I love you. I love you. You tried everything else. Why not try me? Hallelujah. Nothing else worked for you, but I will. Hallelujah. Whoo. So the Holy Spirit begins to convict you and draw you to himself. Luke 19.10 
says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came pursuing. He came pursuing. He came to seek you out. And then Luke 15, 3 and 4. We know this parable. Awesome story. The parable of the lost sheep. So he, so he spoke this parable to them saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Hallelujah. He'll leave the rest for you. Just one goes astray. Just one. Just one goes astray from the foe. He's going to come after you. Because he loves you that much. He loves you that much. He will pursue you and he will find you. He pursues you. Why? Because he loves you and because he wants a relationship with you. See, here at Dominion, we don't know about religion or man-made doctrine. We know about relationship. Christianity is our religion. We understand that. But we're not tied or bound by religion. We have a relationship through the love of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So he pursues us because he loves us and he wants a relationship with us. I'll tell you this real quick. I, I truly believe, and, and I know you know what I'm saying. When you go through something in your life, it is to share with somebody else, to help somebody else, and to bring glory to God. Amen. You would think by now, the devil, after everything I've had to walk through, you would think by now that he would say, I might as well leave her alone because she got a big mouth. She's going to share it. She's going to tell it. And God's going to get the glory every time. Hallelujah. But on a Friday night, my family, um, my granddaddy was a minister, soul-winning man, awesome man of God. He traveled uh, many years also in the ministry, and his message was the love of God. This is my family heritage. This is generational, passed down, sharing the love of God, the message of that. And so... But I was doing my thing. Okay, I was saved as a little girl, but I got about my junior year of high school. I ran hard, fast, far away from God. Don't know why. But I thought I could do it my way. So anyway, I'm running. I'm doing my thing. My husband's uh, playing in honky-tonks and bars as a living, and I'm there with him. I'd work second shift at the nursing home, and I would go wherever he was at. So particularly on this Friday night, we went to his grandmother's house. My grandparents, his family knew each other, right? For years. They used to attend the church my granddaddy pastored years ago. So anyway, we go there. They just having a little, uh, little get together, a little eat and some singing around the piano. And I walk in. You know, how many know that in a second, God can change your life? He had been pursuing me. This was the beginning of my pursuit. One weekend now, in March of 19. 94. I go to my, uh, my husband, his grandmother's house. They're all there, all the family's there. My granddaddy walks up to me. He'd been real sick. He was real tiny. He said, baby, he said, um, I'm going to be preaching Sunday morning. It's probably going to be my last sermon. He said, will you come? And I didn't answer that question, but I answered that question. I said, yes, sir, I'll be there. And I said, huh? what? I'm going to church. Somebody answered for me. Amen. But, I, but after I said, yeah, I had to go. 
So Sunday morning came. I don't even know what I did on Saturday night, but Sunday morning I went. And my husband went with me. And my granddaddy preached a 10-minute sermon on John 3.16. That was all it took for me. Y'all, this is a scripture we heard in Bible school. You hear it in Sunday school. If there's one scripture a Christian can quote, even somebody that uh, ain't even living for the Lord can probably quote it. We live in the South. We're in the Bible Belt. Amen? But this this particular morning, 10-minute sermon on John 3.16. And you know what I heard? I heard, for God so loved you, Bev, that he gave his best. He gave his only begotten son. That if you'll just believe in him, you won't perish. You'll get to, you'll get to have everlasting life. Change my life. Matter of fact, he gave the invitation. And everybody starts walking out. And I'm, I thank God for discernment. But my granddaddy walks up to me and he said, Baby, you want to pray, don't you? I said, Yes, sir. I went to that altar. I fell down. I was a changed woman. The love of God had changed my life just like that. I never stepped foot in a barroom again. Had no desire. All the old ways were gone. Amen? So God's love, He will pursue you. When He revealed His love to me, it changed my life, which brings me to number two. Revelation brings transformation. Hey, revelation brings transformation. God's love will change you. When he reveals to you how much you are loved and how much you are worth to him, it will change your life. You can't learn about the, the love of God and stay the same. Just like you can't get in the presence of God and leave the same. You are changed. You are different. Amen. We as humans search for love and acceptance. So when we learn that there is a Savior who loves us so much that he lays his life down for us, it changes us. And here's a good example, Acts 9. We all know this story. It's powerful. It's all powerful. Y'all, I'm so excited today, I can't hardly stand. Acts, Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 6. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, suddenly, a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Saul's on his little journey. He'd been killing Christians, persecuting Christians, and he's on his, thinking he's doing his religious duty because they were in the way. And according to the Pharisees, they were in the way of what God was doing. But they were with the way, the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. But he's on his way on the road to Damascus to continue to do what he thought was right. And suddenly, suddenly the revelation came. The revelation came. He had heard about Jesus, heard what they were saying about this Jesus. But when he heard the voice of Jesus himself, it changed his life. 
it transformed him. Saul becomes Paul, right? And we know the story, and he ends up writing over, well, 13 books of the Bible. Amen? God used him mightily. It don't matter where you start. It's where you're headed with him. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Lord God. Number three, God's love will heal and restore you. What caused you to leave your first love? That cry went out this morning from all the ladies that stood up here. This cry has already gone out. What caused you to be in the state that you're in right now? Revelation 2, 2 through 5. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. He says, I know, you, I know your heart. I know that, you know, I know your good works. I see the good that you're trying to do. But here's the issue. You left me. You left me. Where's your relationship with me? I hear people say so many times, they say, I got out of church. I left church. I said, mm -mm. you got out of a relationship with Jesus. Because when you're in a relationship with him, you'll be in his house. That's not a question. If you don't come to the house of God, something's wrong with the connection. Something's wrong with the relationship. Because there is a desire inside of you that says, I got to get in his presence. And I got to be among God's people. He said, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Why? Because we need each other. I need you. You need me. You need to hear what he just brought me from. I need to hear you, hear what he just brought you out of. Amen? Hallelujah. So God's love will heal and restore you. Think back. Which blow of the enemy took you out of fellowship with the Lord? Was it a subtle luring? Maybe, maybe you have some guilt because maybe the enemy lured you away. And maybe you found yourself caught up in adultery, had an affair, and you can't seem to forgive yourself. Let me tell you something. God will forgive it. His blood will cover it. But you got to give it to him. You can't hold on to that. Because if you hold on to it, it's going to eat you alive. Maybe you're mad at God because he didn't answer your prayer the way you thought he should have. You know, there are people walking around, they're mad at God. I prayed, I had all the faith I could have, and look what happened. God still didn't answer. He should have done it this way. Why didn't God hear me? He's supposed to answer my prayer. Hallelujah. God, help us to say, you're still God, and you have the final say, no matter what. Hallelujah. Maybe it's an offense. Maybe somebody hurt you. Let me tell you, church hurt is a real hurt. I know some people that are carrying church hurt and can't get past it for nothing. 
I say, listen, you got to get your eyes off man. I don't. Y'all can come up in here and say whatever you want to say against Bev, but I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't going to change me. It ain't going to move me. You know why? I'm serious. I'm not leaving this house till God tells me to. You cannot like me. You might not like whatever I say or do, but that's between you and God. But I love him, and I am here for him. Amen? Whatever it is, you got to let it go. Now listen, I shared this on a Wednesday night when we had our testimony um, service. That was a powerful night. Y'all remember that? I shared a piece of it, but I want to share it again tonight. Today, I feel the Lord um, yesterday as I was getting this prepared. He wanted me to share this. One thing I really appreciate about Apostle Kyle is his transparency. I really believe that's what sets him apart. I really do. God's got his hand on him. And I too believe in being transparent. If my story can help you, you need to hear my story. If my story will bring glory to God, I need to share my story. Amen. So, my husband and I, um, my husband, let me go ahead and put this out first, okay? Because he'll probably be watching today. And that's good. He knows. He would share this too. But, because he's, he's blown away just like I am. But, um, my husband is a called man. He is so called that the enemy will not let up on him. And he has delivered blow after blow after blow to him and my family for years. My children could attest to that. My baby girl, she would know what I'm saying. And everything that the enemy could think of to try to hold this man down, he's done it. Now let me go and tell y'all, suddenly's coming, okay? Suddenly's coming. As a matter of fact, God told me that he would have a road to Damascus experience and everything would shift. So y'all know what I do every day I get up, I say, Lord, is today my suddenly? Is it today, Lord? Some days it's hard to ask that question. I'm being real with you. But I still, Lord, is it today? Because I trust God. I know what he says is true. He keeps his promises. But we've been through a lot, okay? And so, like I said, we've been in ministry all these years. And you don't realize when you go through all these things, the pain and the hurt that's embedded in your heart and you think that it's been forgiven. You think you've released the forgiveness and it's covered and and everything's okay. Y'all, when we came into this church almost three years ago, the Lord said, draw from the well. Go there and draw from the well. I walked in, like he said the other, when he preached Wednesday night, that was a powerful service, powerful sermon. He said, David was weary in the battle. Y'all, When I walked in this church almost three years ago, I was weary. I was broken. I was broke down. I needed the presence of God. I needed healing in my life. I thought, I thought that I had forgiven my husband for the abandonment or, you know, all the things that he allowed to come against me. But I had not. I didn't even realize what was in there. And so it finally got to a point in the last year, you know, a little hard blow again. And I said, you know what? I'm doing. I'm going to go on with Jesus. I'm going to be madly in love with you, Lord. The ministry will go on. But I'm done with him and, and that's it. 
It's over. I'm just going to tell him he's got to go. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, uh-uh, you love him. I said, huh? That's exactly what I said, huh? Lord, now you know for all these years, I've been trying my best to do that. 20-something years, yeah. I've been trying. Trying my best. I said, Lord, really? And I, here's what I said, because you know, if you, if you love God, you want to be obedient to God at all costs. So I said, okay, Lord. I said, but I'm going to need yours because I ain't got no more. I said, I need that agape love that forgives and loves no matter what's been done to you. And I'm going to tell y'all, I'm telling you, the greatest miracle that's happened to Beverly Tyner since salvation has been what's happened to me in about the last three months. Because here's what happened. When God gave me his love, I released it to Ricky and it healed me on the way through. And God gave me this word sitting at my desk this week to share with you tonight. And it goes right along with that right there. The power is not in the delivery. It's in the release. The power is not in the delivery. It's in the release. If God had delivered that to me, if God had delivered that agape love to me and I'd have held on to it, it would just been sitting there. I'd still be the same I was as I was, and he'd still be in the same situation he was. But when I released it, it brought healing to me and to him. The man's reading the Bible with me every day. Matter of fact, sometimes he'll say, hey, you ready? We're going to read the Bible together. I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> so he says, Bev, and he told me this. He said, something's happening to me on the inside. I said, you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. I said, Lord, help me love him. It works. There's power in his love. It will heal you. I'm telling you, y'all, I ain't never going to stop sharing this word because I'm that pa What he did inside of me, that was amazing. Y'all just don't know where I was. Y'all just don't know how it is to go week after week in a new church and see new people and you're sharing the love of God and you're sharing the good news of the gospel all the while on the inside. You are in such pain. And you still see God saving people, changing people's lives left and right. But I needed healing and his love brought it. And then the the last thing I want to share with you today. God's love will empower you to defeat the enemy. Now this is, this is for the church right here, okay? Dominion Church and the church. I shared with y'all um, some of the, I think in the communion time we had one Sunday morning about the dream I had. I want to share that with you today again. So I had a dream that I was in a house, two-story house. It was either an old house that had been, uh, been there a long time, never been finished being built, or, torn, or was being torn down. But I'm standing in the middle of this house, and there are no walls. There are studs. I'm standing there, and there are snakes all around my feet, and they were huge. But they didn't bother me 
I wasn't moved by them. But all of a sudden, I heard something and I looked out back and there's a shed out back of the house. And out of that shed comes this huge snake. Huge. And it starts coming up in the house where I am. And I look over to the right. Now that one was starting to make me a little nervous, right? So I look over to the right and I saw a staircase. And I said, if I can just get to that next level. And I woke up. So when I woke up, the Spirit of the Lord said, the reason the snakes around your feet didn't bother you is because those were giants you already had to slay. You already, had to, you already came face to face with them and you made it through. You got victory over those. He said, but pay attention to the one out back. Well, I didn't have a clue what that was going to be. And all I remember sharing with Noah on the phone one day, I said, oh my, what now? Because if you only knew everything we've had to walk through. I said, what is it going to be now? And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to wait it out. I'm going to pray about it. And so anyway, on a Wednesday night service here, the Lord spoke to me about that snake. It was the snake of persecution. And it would be coming against this church. But here's what I heard the Lord say. We can expect persecution. Jesus said we can expect it because they persecuted him, right? He said you can expect it from the outside, but don't you let it come from within this church. Don't let it come from within the church. He wants our next level. The enemy does. He wants the next level. He wants to keep you from getting to the next level. He don't want the next level. Y'all, look what we got here at Dominion. Look what God's doing. The move of God that we have seen already. My, I can't wait to see what the next level is. But the enemy knows and he's nervous. He's nervous and he said, I got to do everything I can to keep them. So he comes up and he tries our people with jealousy. He tries our people with intimidation. He tries our people to go around and gossip and slander and backbite. You can't do this in the house of God. We cannot do this. We have got to have love and unity. If ever we need each other, it is now. So I, there is a call going out to the church and God says, grow up. Recognize the enemy. Recognize him. Put it under your feet. Don't be jealous of another brother or sister because you feel like their anointing is stronger than yours. You don't know what they had to walk through to get it. Let me tell you, salvation is free well let me, let me say it like this it wasn't free to Jesus it cost him everything but salvation is free to us but the anointing will cost you you will die to walk in it you will die to this flesh and all your desires the anointing will cost you but y'all we got to have our sights on the Lord we're going higher we're going with him but we ain't taking all this junk because we ain't going, we're not going any higher till we understand. Don't get mad at the brother or sister. 
put your anger toward the enemy. Put him under your feet. Be careful what you say to your brothers and sisters. I think I had one more scripture. Yes. Didn't I, Corey? Yeah. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Don't tell me you love God if you can't love me. Don't tell me you love God if you can't love your brother or your sister. Y'all, we got to love each other. And don't, don't get in somebody's face and say, I love you, and then get a t- straight quick like on a text. God, do you see how she at? Or you see how he at? No, that ain't love. And people with discernment can see right through it. But you know what those people normally will do? Just stop and pray. Just stop and pray. My, my pastor, an old pastor, he was a dear, dear man of God, awesome man of God. He said, um, this was many years back, He said that one time he spoke against a man of God. He said, and the Lord withdrew his spirit from him for five years. He said he had no fresh word, nothing. No sermons would come, nothing. He said, I had to preach from stale notes from years back. He said, I was so miserable. Touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. He said, and y'all, y'all don't understand this man, you know what he was like then? Every time somebody would come to him, he'd be like, if they wanted to try to say something about somebody else, he said, uh-uh-uh. He said, let's pray. He'd just stop them right dead in their tracks. He said, let's pray. He knew. He knew. Amen. I don't want to gossip. Don't call me with no gossip. Don't text me with gossip. I don't have time for that. Right now, the only thing I want to do is stay in my prayer closet. I just want to be with him. You know why? Because we know the end is nearing. We got to get this thing right, y'all. Let's grow up as a church. Let's get it together. Let's come together. Like Pastor Stephanie said this morning, let's link up arm in arm. Let's let's be unity. Let, Let me tell you. So the greatest weapon we have against the enemy is love. Love and unity. Because where he might be able to take one out, he can't take us all out. When we link up arm in arm, when we come together in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against us. Does that word say me? No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Us together. We, we're in this together. There's no big eyes and little U's. We're a team. Y'all, we are a team. It is an honor to be a part of this house. I love y'all. The Lord brought us here to, to receive from him, but also to plug in with y'all and serve with you, stand arm in arm with you and say, let's do this thing, amen? Because I don't know when God might say, okay, time for y'all to go again. Because I say we're evangelists. That's me. That's my heart. Amen. But for now, we're here. But I'm telling you, there is a cry that's going out this morning. There's a cry going out for the lost in this house today. He loves you. His love will change you. His love will transform you. Listen, if you tried alcohol, you tried drugs, you tried 
different relationships. You tried working to make more money. You tried to fulfill that longing inside of you with everything you can think of and it hasn't worked and you're still miserable. Why not try Jesus? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I tell everybody everywhere we go, I say, all, all I can tell you is I got a good taste. I ain't never been the same. As a matter of fact, my husband told me one time, he said, I sure wish I could taste him like you have. I said, it's coming. It's coming. And that's my prayer. I always say that, Lord, reveal yourself to him. And everywhere we go, you know, um, they, they can vouch for this. Everywhere we go, we would always tell everybody, if you don't remember anything else that those tiners came to tell you today, remember this, Jesus loves you. And I would say, if you're here, and you don't know him as Lord and Savior. My prayer is that he will reveal himself to you because to know him is to love him. You will be changed when you know him. When you understand his love, when his love is opened up and revealed to you, it will change you forever. Hallelujah. He's calling this man. There is a deep calling in this house. Y'all feel that? Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's a reach going out. There's a tap on the shoulder going out. If you have never met Jesus as your Savior, He loves you. You have been introduced to Him today. He's here. And you're not here by coincidence. Oh, somebody asked me to go to Dominion because they just have it going on down there. God's there in the middle of them. No. You're here because you've been set up by the Holy Ghost. He just wants to stop you in your tracks and say, I got a plan for your life. See, God's got a plan for your life, but he can't do anything with it till you give it to him. Because he gave us choice. He gave us free will, right? He can't do a thing with your life till you hand it to him, till you surrender. So I wonder if there's somebody here today that would say, I know I need to surrender. Or maybe you're one that you, you've known the love of God and you're running. You are running. I've been there too, brother. Amen. You running. Those blows came one after one. They hit you from every angle. And they almost took you out completely. But God's grace, God's mercy, because he saw you today. He knew you'd be here today. And that there's a call going out for you today. And he loves you. And he's got a plan for your life. Will you give it to him today? Will you let him restore you and heal you today? It don't matter where you've been. The Bible talks about the wise man. Though he falls seven times, he'll get back up. But you know, a fool will fall and stay in their folly or stay in their mess. But God still considered the man that fell wise. Why? Because he kept getting back up. We're going to have blows. Blows are going to come. We're going to fall. We're going to mess up. But we got to get back up. I said so many times I felt like in the boxing ring and, and it was blow after blow after blow from the adversary and then I would be on round 10 and the, the bell's about to ring and all of a sudden the spirit of the living God would resurrect me and say, come on, I ain't done, let's go again. That same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that can raise you up out of that that you have found yourself in. That hog pen that the prodigal Amen? Found himself in. Or if you're here this morning 
You know you feel in that pool. You feel in that tug. Just a moment. Every head bowed. Every eye closed all over the building. Just a moment. If that's you and you say, Sister Bev, I, I feel, I feel that pull. I feel that tug. I just, we're not going to come to you, embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. But if that's you, would you just slip up your hand today and say, remember me in prayer? Amen. God sees those hands. I know my life's not what it needs to be. I know that I'm not living the life God's called me to live. And I need prayer. Slip up your hands. God sees all those hands. How about you? Say, you know what? I was doing pretty good, but storms came. All the things came at me, and I found myself in a mess now. If that's you, would you slip up your hand this morning? you just saying, I need prayer. I need prayer. I'm concerned about my life. I need prayer today. The Bible said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we got what we deserve today, y'all, it would be hell. I'm so thankful for the gift of God. Eternal life through Jesus, only through Jesus. He is the only way. You'll never live good enough to make it to heaven. And the Bible says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you believe... And then you speak it. So today, while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, if you're here today and you say, I'm concerned about my life, listen, I want to pray a prayer with you. I'm going to do it right here. I just want to pray a prayer with you. And if you mean it, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I'm going to stop running. I want to know you. I've tried everything else. I'm ready to try you, Lord. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Save me, Lord. I receive your sacrifice, your gift of eternal life today. My life is yours. Do it. Do with it whatever you will. In Jesus' name. Will y'all stand with us? If you prayed that, and there were hands that went up, if you prayed it for the first time, or maybe you felt like you needed to do your first works over again, you say, I, I made a mess, I, got, I had to start it over. That's all right, I did it too. But if you prayed that prayer, will you come to this altar? With the heart man believes unto righteousness. You prayed the prayer, you believed it. With your heart, amen? But with the mouth confession, is made unto salvation. And one way you can confess is to come to this altar and kneel and let us pray with you this morning. And that's letting everybody know, I'm not ashamed of the decision I made today. I'm not ashamed. If that's you, will you come? If you're here and you're a Christian in the body of Christ and you say, that same thing keeps coming at me. I don't want this jealousy anymore. I don't want to feel this fear and anxiety, intimidation. I don't want to be like this against my brother or my sister. Then come and let us pray for you. We'll put the devil on the run. Amen. But if you prayed that prayer, will you come as they begin to sing? Come and let us pray with you. And if you need anything today, anything at all, this altar's open. You come and receive what God's got for you. Hallelujah.